passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the 90th percentile. This is your host, Jeff Ponce. As always, I have my co-host alongside me. That's Matt Pajak of Loden Sports. We also have one of his close friends. That would be the executive director of the MLB Draft League, Sean Campbell. How's it going, Sean? Welcome back. It's been a while, a little over a year since we had you on the show. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, Matt. You got your question, man. I'm going to tee you up here. We're going to talk some sandwiches again. We're going back. We're going back to the gravy boat here. We're talking more sandwich chains. Boy, this is a really important topic, especially with Sean Campbell on the call. All right. So I just want to throw it out there. This, this is this topic's not going going anywhere. Jimmy John sucks. All right. No, I want to throw it out there that Sean was the one who put me on Capriati's. Capriati's oh, yeah. is the king of sandwich chains. Jeff, who I want to weigh in here, weigh in. What I want Jeff to weigh in here in a second. All right. (laughs) On his experience this past week with the hot Bobby. All right. But before Jeff weighs in on his experience with the hot Bobby, and he confirms everything that I've said in past conversations. All right, Sean, you're gonna have to throw a number on Jimmy John's Capriati's. Jersey Michaels and Subway. Uh, can I can I just pref them out? Um, yeah, pref them out. Pref I, them out. I, yeah, I think uh, Capriati's for me is the easy like leader in the clubhouse there. I would probably go Jersey Mike's second. Uh, third, I would probably say Jimmy John's and, and Subway would bring up the rear for me. This guy nailed it. He yeah. nailed it. Yeah, he's got it. We got we got consensus in the draft Before room. Right pre-discussed. Now. We're taking Capriati's. We're giving him a big bonus. Yes. Yeah. Capriati's good stuff. Yeah, Jeff. Talk to us about that uh, hot bob you had this week. Sure. So I uh, I stopped for a sandwich on the way to a game on Sunday. Heading out to Brewster. Left the house a little early. Stopped by Capriati's. Grabbed a uh, grabbed the hot bobby as had been suggested. I ate it right there. You know, I wanted to take in the full Capriati's ambiance situation. Um, I'm going to put a hard six on the sandwich, man. D'Angelo's has had a similar sandwich for probably about 15 years because I think I had it, used to get it when I was in, I was in college, um, which is a local chain here in New England. I don't know how far out there down south, out west D'Angelo's is, but a solid, solid sandwich chain. I'd say it's right on par with Jersey Michael's. Maybe maybe above Jersey Michaels, right behind Capriati's. I'm not quite sure. The, the steak and cheese sandwiches are great. 
The hot Bobby itself is better than the Thanksgiving toasted there. The one thing that the Thanksgiving toasted has that the hot Bobby doesn't is hot gravy dipping sauce that you get for the Thanksgiving toasted. The sandwich itself, the tools are better on the sandwich. It's a six sandwich, but I would say it's probably a 50 with the Thanksgiving toasted. But you get a you get a full grade for that extra gravy. If they had gravy with the hot Bobby, I think it's a seven sandwich. I think I think I think we're talking about like year in, year out all-star potential hall of fame ceiling type sandwich, you know. Um it was good, man. It was tasty, you know, all the elements came together well, wasn't overly messy, you know, it was stuffed enough, but wasn't falling over the side. So you, you were able to keep everything in the sandwich, which I think is important. You can put a lot in the sandwich, but I want to be able to eat the sandwich and have it stay intact, you know, to that last 10% of sandwich. That's a that's a big carrying tool with me. So, you know, Jeff, yeah. something else that's really important is that everybody needs to know that food chains lie to you. Okay. McDonald's, it's not a hundred percent white meat chicken. It's not. Okay. Don't let them try and make you believe that. All of this Wagyu talk, I don't know if you've seen this, all of the fast food chains, all of a sudden they've got Wagyu yes. beef. That's not Wagyu beef. No. Impossible. But when Capriotis tells you that the Bobby <laughs> is America's favorite sandwich, they're not lying to you. No, That's it's it's the Dallas Cowboys of sandwiches. Oh, America's favorite sandwich. There you go. Well, uh, so, so are we saying the side of gravy is like the makeup? Then is is, is that what pushes it <laughs> over the edge there? I I think so, man. I I really Josh I Hamilton really think sandwich. that it. I think that it kind of is, man. You know, it's yep. uh, it's like speed. I don't know. Maybe it's like athleticism, right? Yep. Like a guy who does really well in athletic testing. Like I'm, I'm just more apt to believe it. You know, it can make up for some for, some flaws. Maybe the sandwich isn't made perfectly that day, but I got the hot gravy so I can I can dip that that bottom 10% of the sandwich that's falling apart. I can dip that into the gravy and it kind of saves it, you know? It's like yep. having a high defensive floor, you know? Yep. Even if he's slumping, if he takes his walks and he can play good defense, he's going to stay in that lineup. Yep. <laughs> All right, so Capriotis, if you're listening, we're going to continue to to ride you on this until until we get a deal done here. All right, we want you to sponsor this podcast. We're going to keep tooting your horn until you listen. I know that no one from Capriotis listens to this, but they should. Yeah, I mean, we have to be we have to be selling the Capriotis brand as much as any show or entertainment uh, out there. There Biggest can't be fan. anybody who's who's doing the, putting in the work we're putting in for Capriotis. Without Capriotis. I just I want to put this out there too. We're on record with the guy who's running the MLB Draft League, which is in the Mid-Atlantic, and the Capriotis originated in Delaware, and he likes your sandwich. Yeah, we could use a sandwich provider as well. You know, pre, pre-game meal, it'd be great. Be great. We're now scouting connect you to the world. Hey, yeah, we're- sc- scouts are creatures of habit too. You know, they're driving around, they're looking for a good sandwich before a game. And hey. I'm a creature of habit with the hot bobby. Hey, we maybe maybe there's a scout discount, right? We got scout discounts for rental car companies. Yep. We got scout discounts for hotels. Capriati have the new Lululemon place, man. Yeah, you know, ten yep. percent off if you show your MLB scout card. Like yep. you, you'd get you get some you get some serious business out there, man. Word of mouth would spread. Just yep. saying, embrace the community. That's it. It's the old Marriott VIP code there. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I only fly like Marriott. Excuse me. I only stay at Marriott and I only fly like JetBlue because I get, I get bonus points every time I, I use those services. So, you know, Love it. same with enterprise. I get free rent to cars, you know, when I need to rent a car using those a lot, same deal. Absolutely. Capriati's is a free agent in this space. They don't even realize they're a free agent. We no. want to sign you. A hundred percent. All right. Let's uh let's get out of the sandwich conversation now. We we did we've done our seven to eight minute penance where we talk <laughs> about something non-baseball related just so people tune out. For those of you who have stayed tuned in to the 90th percentile, we're gonna get into the actual topic today. We want to talk MLB draft league with Sean. This is something we were actually talking about a little bit off, you know, offline. Um, you know, Matt and I were talking about the Cape League, we were talking about Northwoods League. There's a lot of these summer bat leagues. We've seen pre-draft players kind of get split up depending upon their, where they're playing. There's a lot of those guys in the Cape um, in the early part of the season. Talk to me about the MLB Draft League, the founding of it, and really what your what your goals are um, with the league. Yeah, I, th- I think the the founding of it, just from from what I understand, coming in, you know, right before the second year of existence of it, um, you know, you kind of had two things transpire at once. You had the you know condensing of, of minor league affiliates. And um, so I think 42 were, were removed from, from affiliate ship. And then I think in concert with that, you're, you're bumping the draft back, you know, to the all-star game. Um, so guys needed places to play. Um, guys wanted to continue working. Guys wanted to continue getting at bats, getting innings, uh, working on things, making a, a late push. You know, maybe somebody was injured. Uh, during the season, wanted to get back on the mound, show the scouting community they were healthy. Um, and so I think that's that's really what led to the the formation of the draft league itself. Uh, we were able to grab uh, six teams that, that had lost their uh, affiliate title um, and, you know, also able to provide an environment for for those guys to, to have a place to play uh, before the draft. Um First year in existence, it, it really was just a, a wood bat summer league, right? And, and then I think when, uh, you know, you, you you title something the MLB Draft League and you have a bunch of kids that don't get drafted, um, the second half that first year was really difficult and challenging uh, to keep roster volume at, at, at a necessary level to be able to play games, right? Uh, especially in a competitive nature. So, uh, I think they learned a lot from that. We had a lot of guys in, in the first or the second half that first year that ultimately signed with uh, independent league teams and and left to to be able to start their pro career. They had exhausted college eligibility and had opportunities to go make money in this game, um, and so they did that. So uh, last year we we actually transitioned into that for our second half. So it's a very unique league in in my. Uh, point of view, uh, where our first half really is uh, for those guys that that are trying to make uh, an impression and a push right before the draft with the scouting community. Uh, and then that second half, we flip into a professional environment where, you know, for me, having scouted 10 years uh, in a 40 round environment, ideally that the guys that we're getting uh, in that second half are the guys that traditionally would have been a 21st to a 40th round pick, you know, so uh, guys that have exhausted college eligibility uh, this year, actually, we, I think, have six or seven uh, that uh, former affiliate players who've, who've since been released. 
um, and we're, you know, getting them in, into an environment where they continue to play and, uh, you know, ultimately try and get back into affiliate ball. Yeah. And, and I think that it's a really difficult spot that you're in having basically two separate leagues under the same name. And it just kind of splits it the middle point in the summer uh, right around the draft. And, you know, obviously this is what year three of the league. Correct. Yeah. So year three. So it's still kind of early on. People are still trying to kind of figure out where this fits into the whole grand scheme of things. But there's a discussion that I kind of want you to talk to a little bit. And, and this is known in some areas of baseball, and, and most people probably aren't aware of this, but there's multiple MLB-affiliated independent leagues. Uh, and the way that it works is, is that players play in these leagues, and if you're in August and an affiliated club goes into a, a string of you know injuries or whatever it may be, and they need an arm or they need an outfielder, whatever it is, they can purchase the contract of a player from one of these partner independent leagues and then uh, bring them into pro ball. So I kind of want you to talk a little bit about the independent ball dynamic, uh, how the draft league fits, what other leagues are out there, um, how the body of players or the demographic of player differs from league to league. And then some of the advantages of, you know, choosing the draft league over some of these other independent ball options. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think like for, for me, I think there's four other um, off the top of my head. I think the Pioneer League, uh, I want to say the Atlantic League, potentially the Frontier League are all uh, MLB affiliate, like professional leagues, quote unquote. Uh, obviously, we have that designation. Uh, we have MLB in our title uh, of, of the league itself. But um, in terms of the player that that those leagues are, attracting as, as opposed to us. Um, I would say for, for me, just in, in doing it the last two years, trying to find players, assemble those rosters is, is really, I feel like we're going, we're targeting more of the younger guys, the, the, the guys that, that are just on the cusp of being drafted, potentially signing a, a non-drafted free agent deal. So I feel like on the whole, our guys are, are probably younger, uh, you know, fresher out of, of college or, uh, affiliate ball that, that we're grabbing. Um, I do feel like the, the Atlantic, the Frontier, uh, the Pioneer League uh, generally are uh, a year or two older at minimum uh, than the guys that we're targeting. Um, I think for, for us, like really, you know, you, you, you try and stand out, you try and differentiate. Um, the affiliation, I, I think, is is key. Um, I don't know about the other leagues, but I, I do know in the world of, of scouting data and video is, is extremely important. Um, and so I know for a fact that, that we continue to capture data, uh, track man, synergy, all that sort of fun stuff uh, daily in, in our first half and our second half and continue to send that to uh, the 30 uh, scouting groups. Um, I think the second half is probably a little bit more targeted at the professional scouting community, because uh, that's oftentimes who's going to come in and, and try and acquire a player from us. But uh, we, we try and help the guys as much as we possibly can, right? Um, continue to promote them via social media, continue to highlight them, continue to do, you know, players of, of, of the week and, and different things like that. Any subtle way that, that we can continue to 
uh, help those guys that are playing with us uh, get into an affiliate job. Um, I think that's our goal and ambition. Um, to be quite honest, like last year going through that second half, um, I've, I've been around this game a long time. I've done some cool things in this game. Uh, I thought that second half for, for me last year was probably the coolest thing that I've ever done in this game. Um, walking around, you know, just going team to team, being around the league in the second half, the guys were so appreciative that uh, they were able to find an environment to continue to play the game that they love, right? And and to uh, be able to provide them that opportunity, I thought was, was unbelievable. Uh, I loved it. I, I think that all six teams that we have in our, our league loved it. Um, and it, it was a huge success. And, and for me, uh, the even better thing, like the cherry on top there is, is I think um, with uh, McCarthy signing with the White Sox the other day, I think we've now had 20 guys that uh, were with us in the second half last year that are now an affiliated ball. So uh, we'll continue to, to, to push that, um, you know, push data, push video, uh, try and drum up interest. Um, you know, I think that you know, part of growing is, is, is part of educating, right. And taking opportunities at, at winter meetings and ABCA. And, you know, even when guys are at the ballpark, I think the the scouts are, are beginning to understand that the second half, you know, what, what that is um, agents are, are beginning to understand that. So um, I think just power of conversation, uh, continuing to talk about it, continuing to highlight it. I think it helps us attract, you know, a, a higher level of, of player, but also then ideally promote them to uh, getting a, an affiliate job. Yeah. And I think um, if you look at how, you know, coming out of the pandemic, the minor league structure has shrunk multiple times now, just in terms of the number of players that can even be signed to affiliated contracts per organization, you got rid of, you know, short season ball. So there's kind of like none of that middle ground it's an opportunity for guys to go out, get opportunities to play in front of scouts, compete. And, you know, I think the thing that we sometimes miss with baseball is it's like, it's not all written at the draft, right? It's not all written at 18, 21 years old. There's a lot of guys that make it to the major leagues that did play independent ball. And, you know, being able to offer those opportunities at a higher level, I think, you know, is good for the game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the, the health of just, amateur baseball in general and these guys getting opportunities at the next level um this is one of the it is the only sport where first round draft picks don't walk into the lineup day one and have a job right like in baseball you have to earn it you can get drafted number one overall and not be as good as somebody five years down the road who got taken in the 17th round it happens yep. all the time <laughs> you know you can go uh, back and the next draft you know for example but uh I, I still, if, if, if you look back at, at the initial draft, which I think was 1966, it, it still really percentage wise has not shifted, right? Like there's still 30% of guys that are drafted in the first round that just aren't going to make it. Um, and there are, you know, when, when they condense the draft, um, you know, from 40 to, to 20 rounds, um, I, I immediately go to, uh, a kid like Ty France, who when I was in San Diego, we took, I think, in the 36th round or something like that. Um, and Ty's doing okay in Seattle, you know. So there there are a lot of guys. And and, and unfortunately, uh, it's going to get worse next year, right? With with the unionization of, of minor league players, you're going to go from 180 to, I believe, 165 now. So 
uh, 15 players times 30 major league teams, um, there's going to be even more guys that they really need that environment, that opportunity to continue to play, continue to develop, uh, hone their skills. And, you know, I, again, I, it, it's something that, you know, being, having been a part of now for two years, I love it. I, I love giving those guys the opportunity. And, you know, even talking to some of these, uh, you know, fifth year uh, guys and that we have in the first half that, you know, we're, we're kind of having those conversations now as you're getting closer to the draft, like, Hey, it, it, it may not happen. It may happen. Um, but it's an opportunity that if you want it, it it's there. Um, and if you do happen to, to, to be drafted or get a chance to sign a non-drafted free agent deal, I'll be the first one to give you a high five. Right. Um, but if that opportunity doesn't present itself, you know, we'd love to have those guys in, in the second half. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and you talked about how 20 dudes from last year in that second half have signed pro contracts with an affiliated ball. Like, that's such a ghost storyline, you know, like, so that's your league. And then there's these three other affiliated leagues that are signing players into pro ball too. I think that's just something that needs to be accentuated a little bit more mm. with these kids that like, you know, you, you said it well, like Ty France, right? Like I think of Kevin Kiermaier, Kevin Kiermaier is, isn't getting drafted in the current environment. And that's probably one of the greatest defensive center fielders to ever play the game. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think that's just a really important thing to kind of like put up, put up on the table here for a second and just, and just talk about is like, Hey, look, like go play in the MLB draft league in the second half. They're going to pay you. There's a chance that you're going to get signed into affiliated ball. And what you're talking about here with the condensing of the minor leagues. And that's why the MLB draft league exists. And that's why, you know, the pioneer league is now an independent league as opposed to, you know, the same thing with the Appalachian League is is now a collegiate summer league, right? Those were affiliated teams that are now markets that still have baseball. It's just not affiliated professional baseball. But I think all of it is creating a pipeline where now playing indie ball doesn't mean, oh, I play indie ball and I don't have a shot. Now indie ball is like that's knocking on the door to affiliated ball as opposed to being on the outside looking in, right? So even though 
<clears throat> affiliated players are going to continue to condense and it, we're going from 180 to 165 and that's a further condensing from a much bigger condensing a couple of years ago like those players can still go play somewhere get paid and get opportunities and again i think that's that's just a really important part to focus on but i do want to shift the page here because there's something really exciting coming up with the mlb draft league and kind of get away from the the second half part let's focus back on the first half uh, for the first time ever, you guys are doing a prospect game. Uh, so yeah. I want you to talk a little bit about the players that you got in your league this year. Compare that to last year. Let's talk first half stuff, right? Uh, the evolution of the league from year one to year two to year three, and then kind of like where you see it going moving forward. Uh, and then we'll get into the prospect game a little bit and kind of some players that have stood out here in the first half. Uh, but yeah, bird's eye view. Uh, the evolution of the league now in year three, man, I, I, I think like for, for me, this is a wide ranging um, topic, wide ranging conversation. Um, I, I think like we, we continue to grow. I, I think we continue to try and, and build ourselves as, as a brand. Um, I, I love the, the fact that this year we had uh, all six of our managers uh, possessed some form of, Major League Baseball experience, right? Four of our managers are, are former players at the major league level. Uh, two uh, were, were coaches. Uh, one specifically was a manager at, at the major league level. So I love the the experience that, that our managers all possessed. I think 14 uh, coaches that we had this year uh, in the league had major league baseball experience as, as player or coach. Uh, I think we're at 20. Uh, that have professional baseball experience, whether that's minor league or major league experience. So I love how, how we built our, our coaching staffs this year. Um, I, I think evolution wise, we, we continue to, you know, try and do better on the player side. Um, you know, we had 10 guys over 10 guys, I believe it was 11 or 12 uh, that went to the combine uh, this year. We had zero last year. Um, so I think that's a, a positive step in the right direction. Um, I love the fact too, from, from, uh, you know, again, just health growth of the game, um, aspect, uh, Griffey has his, his, uh, all-star game this year, uh, up in Seattle for, uh, HBCU players. Uh, we have nine guys that played with us in the first half that'll participate, uh, in that game. Uh, we have six, I believe that are coming to us in the second half, uh, after that all-star game. Uh, to play on the professional side with us. So um, I just think like overall for, for, for me, for us as, as a league, um, you know, you're, you're always trying to enhance player experiences, what we're offering the guys, what we're providing. Uh, I love the fact that, that we, you know, crossed over and we're able to add a supplement company this year and uh, get these guys some, some things for recovery uh, and, and shout out to CB supplements uh, for providing that, um, we were able to achieve, uh, gym access across the league for, for guys for free. And, uh, if they want to continue to work out, recover, uh, you know, whether they're at home on the road, uh, we layered that in this year, we continue to layer in, uh, additional tech into the league. Um, shout out to HRD bats, uh, th this year for being the bat provider, uh, of the league. And, um, I think if, if you're talking about an enhancing player experiences, you're always trying to beef up swag. So <laughs> that's uh, that's something we're, we're continuing to, to work on. But, you know, 
I think the biggest thing is is the players, right? Like just continuing to promote, highlight those guys uh, in, in in any way we possibly can, whether it's uh, you know vehicles like this or uh, social media specifically on the website, different things, um, and just try and and daily. I think um, you know make su- subtle incremental gains. You know, however however we possibly can. Like I I love being out in the league. I love talking to the guys, uh, being in the dugout, being on the field with them, BP. Uh, bullpens hearing you know their experiences and and you know what we did good but probably more importantly what we we potentially could uh you know benefit from from their information and insight and do better next year so um i think as as a whole bird's eye view uh probably a, a large expanse of bird's eye view but i i do feel like we're we're moving the the needle in the right direction um in that term so um I think the the prospect game specifically, or or, or the the player, I guess, as as a whole, uh, for us in in the first half, a um, lot of sleepless nights, uh, <laughs> a lot of burning the candle at, at both both ends of the spectrum. Um, you know, trying to uh, lean on you know every resource possible. Um, I think the the value of of being a, a good human being and you know, uh, treating people the, the way people would want to be treated a lot. Oftentimes I, I get that reciprocated. So still have a lot of friends in the scouting uh, community that, you know, from August, September have, have continued to recommend names and, Hey, have you seen this guy? Have you heard about this guy? And, you know, ultimately, um, assemble a, a, a quality buffet line, right? Like not, not everybody likes steak, not everybody likes pork, uh, you know, spare ribs, things like that. But uh, we, we, we've tried to, to really uh, dip into different areas, right? Like we've got some guys that maybe didn't throw in a starting role at, at, a, at a power five T1 this year that have hopped in with us that we've given them the opportunity to start. Um, given some high school guys the the opportunity to play with us in, in the first half that, that may not be on everybody's radar that uh, maybe, you know, suspects more than prospects, uh, given those guys the, the opportunity uh, to, to go out and play and get at bats and get innings. Um, so really, you know, you try and really hit it from, from all angles. Um, I, I love the fact that not only our roster is in the first half, uh, but also the prospect game rosters, I think, reflect that. Um, you know, we've got high school kids. We have junior college kids. We have power five kids. We have D3 guys. We have NAIA guys, right? Like, um, I, I think the old adage that, that I always took as a scout was, you know, if you're good enough, we're going to find you. And, and I think, like, we're really trying to to take that mentality uh, with with the player that we're attracting in, in the draft league as well. So um, I love – integrating the high school guys because for me there's there's really no downside right if if they come to us and and scuffle a little bit and 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 ultimately end up on a college campus i think they're going to be better off for it i think they're going to be ahead of the game i think they're going to be more apt and and equipped to uh compete right away for at bats or innings as a true freshman um and you know you talk about the challenges and how college rosters have been uh impacted with covid and you know, guys, there's 23, 24 year olds still on college rosters, right? So the young kids coming up to us that that ultimately land on a college campus, I think they're they're better off. Um, I think from the data side, the video side, it helps 
you know, uh, junior college kids. It helps smaller school kids that, that may not have a track man unit. You know, they come to us and they show some super interesting IVBs or, you know, batted ball uh, data. Um, I think it's helpful in, in scouting decision-making processes, the, the way, you know, models are formed nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I, I was, I was excited about the rosters in the first half coming in. I'm excited just, just the same as the second half rosters, you know, we're getting ready to, to have those guys report July five. Um, got some interesting names there. Uh, the prospect game is, is a, is a, is a first ever for us. Um, Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited about that. So, um, you know, I hope that uh, some of the guys that uh, that are in that game, um, you know, it's it's kind of a carrot at, at the end of the summer uh, for those guys. And, and my hope is that, that they take advantage of, of that opportunity. And, um, you know, dot com's covering it. The network's covering it. Uh, you know, having been a part of draft rooms where we've always, you know, used to have regional games being piped in and watching stuff. Hopefully it's a, it's a great environment to, to make a late push for those guys as well. So. Excited. Yeah. And I, I know this is something and, and you touched on it in there that both Jeff and myself will appreciate. Cause we had an off air conversation before this uh, regarding creativity with summer baseball leagues. And you, you've definitely taken a creative approach and I kind of want to, use this as an opportunity to shine the light on that a little bit. Um, you know, the, the league was designed for guys who are draft eligible to go there before the draft. And a lot of draft eligible college players are still going to the Cape. Right. Yeah. And there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. You can tell people like, Hey, this is where they're supposed to go and they're going to make their decisions. Uh, you have some really interesting players in that league. Uh, you touched on it before that you bring in some high school guys that might not be top 100 MLB draft, you know, pipeline ranked guys. But you brought in a guy, Isaiah Drake, who we'll touch on here in a second, yeah. who really toolsy and lit the league on fire. And he's a Georgia Tech commit. His chance he ends up on campus, but a uh, big opportunity for him. And then, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you've had the past two years guys come over from Asia who are technically international eligible at any point to sign free agent contracts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a little spicy and it, <laughs> it definitely takes on like a little bit of a, a creative approach, but I think that, you know, makes the league very unique and that it's willing to kind of adapt to what's, it's not telling people what, what you are. It's adapting to what the world is presenting you and, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. So yeah, talk about Isaiah Drake. Talk about the guys from Asia. Yeah, I I think so. So last year we we did bring in three kids from uh, the MLB China academies, um, and you know if you, if you ask me about a success story last year, that was that was one of them. We had a, a left hand pitcher named Zach Kin, uh, who came over at, at sixteen years of age, um, took his lumps, kept taking the ball, getting better, and uh, ultimately the Padres signed him. Uh, and uh, so that that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it was fun seeing how they transitioned here. It was fun seeing, uh, you know, the, the manager in Frederick at the time was uh, Joe Oliver. And, you know, they bought him a birthday cake when he turned 17 and everybody sang him happy birthday in the Frederick Clubhouse. And so it was a, again, man, like you're talking about being creative. You're talking about like providing experiences and opportunities uh, that, that may not be available on a daily basis. Um, 
you know, that was one of them. Uh, I, I think same thing this year with uh, Dennis Kasumba, you know, um, extremely unique opportunity for, for us to bring in a catcher from Uganda and um, be a part of, of, of getting him over here, getting him, him into uh, A, the U.S., and then B, the, the draft league. Um, but, it, you know, that, that's been a, a tremendous uh, experience for him uh, to, to see him uh, pick him up in, in the Atlanta airport and uh, all the experiences of, uh, you know, trains going from terminal to terminal and, and having no conductor, as, as Dennis put it, um, you know, being a part of him riding escalators up and down for the first time in his life, being a part of him riding an elevator and squealing when, when we started going up for the first time in his life. Um, it's been great. Um, and, and I think on the baseball side, R Rene Rivera is his manager, a former big league catcher. And uh, Dennis is a catcher. I think he's learned a tremendous amount, developed uh, a, a ton behind the plate. Um, you know, Jock Jones is the hitting coach there. I think Jock's done a tremendous amount with, with his swing, with his confidence and, you know, swinging the bat with more conviction. And, and you're beginning to see that, you know, because we have Diamond Kinetics, we have Rapsodo hitting units. Uh, we're, we're able to see those positive gains reflective in, in the uh, objective data. Um, so so that's been tremendous. But, yeah, I, I think e even, um, you know, uh, Chen Wei Lin, you know, th this year, uh, Chinese Culture University in Taiwan, six foot nine, uh, right-handed pitcher, you know, rumors that, that he had been up to, uh, you know, upper 90s, uh, maybe even touched 100, uh, comes to us. Um, you know, has, has ga gathered, you know, additional teams that are interested in him, uh, provided him the opportunity to start, which he which he didn't get at his school uh, in Taiwan. And he's taken the bull by the horns and run with that opportunity. You know, the last, I think, two outings for him have, have been four and five scoreless. Uh, walks have, have significantly gone down. Uh, as he put it, ball control was, was his main objective in, in developing in his time here. And, and I think he's done that. I think he's uh, condensed in his last two innings, uh, his amount of walks to, to one, um, you know, been up to 99 multiple times, uh, got tremendous horizontal break on, on his fastball. Uh, Changeup's got a good feel for secondary, you know, sliders kind of coming uh, at the, the more opportunities that he has to throw it. But that's I, I think, you know, and, and again, the, the creativity here domestically, just high school guys, uh, Isaiah Drake's advisor reached out and said he might have interest in, in coming to us. And uh, for me, it was a no brainer. Uh, it was an easy yes uh, on, on our end. Um, but I think, uh, you know, him, uh, Ethan Mendoza uh, did, did a tremendous job. Uh, as, as a high school hitter uh, in the league this year, uh, Devin Saltabon uh, coming from Hilo to us uh, was, was a combine guy. Uh, I think he had a tremendous experience with us. Um, so yeah, you, you're you're trying to think outside the box, but it, but I think that's part of of growing, right? Like we we've got to look at at different nooks and crannies and areas of opportunities that that we can continue to improve. Uh, quality of player that, that we're attracting, which I think is is then going to lead to uh, scouting community paying attention a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. And I think you guys had some success stories from last year's draft too. Um, JP Macy, Pirates pick in the seventh round is actually uh, going to be with me next week at the Futures game out there in Seattle. Um, I think that's a testament to how well he's played. 
One of your yep. one of my favorite prospects in affiliated ball was a 12th rounder by the Astros last year in Zach Dezenzo. Yeah. There's some analysts and folks that think he's a potential top 100 prospect right now. He's up in yeah. double A. He's mashing, yeah. hit 400 yeah. or something in, in A ball uh, prior to getting the call up to Corpus Christi. You know, he's yeah. gone from off the, I go, to, I do the Astros list for Baseball America. He went from off the Astros list coming into the season to a top five player in that system. You know, um, in a year that they had a full draft for the first time in like five years. Right. So it's not like he was competing against the weak field as much as other guys had. Um, I think it just goes to show that there's opportunities, there's players here. um, And, you know, there's sometimes there's guys that whatever, they don't fit into the neat little box. Right. We see that with a couple of guys that are in the big leagues right now that are really successful that were senior signs and draft eligible in 2020 that didn't get picked in like an Andrew Abbott or a Bryce Miller. Um, yeah. So I think the opportunities being out there, um, not only for guys that are going to get drafted, but for some of these guys that, you know, might stick around for the second half of the season, come in and play in the second half of the season. There's a lot of talent there and, you know, players that we could look back on five, six years from now that had tremendous success stories coming out of the MLB draft league. So that's really yeah, cool. I, I think the Desenzo was was you know one for me just uh, batted ball data you know the, yeah. the the way that he impacted the ball uh, in in our league um, for me obviously putting putting bat to ball um, you know better I, I guess as 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 he continues to grow uh, in the box but but for me just the way he impacted the ball it's not surprising for me that that he's moved into Houston's. Uh, you know, top 10 prospect list. I think Cedric uh, to Grand Prix last year, mm-hmm. you know, Atlanta Braves, uh, you know, he continues to throw the ball. Well, I think he continues to climb up their list. Um, you know, a guy like Caden Trankel, who yep. you know, struggled to, to consistently get into Okie State's lineup last year, came to us, swung it back good. I think Jed Jerko last year made some some really good mechanical adjustments and, and had they had some really good uh, just, I think, general hitting conversations. Um, you know, he's swinging the bat all right. Um, Ochoa, I, I think, was was a Canadian uh, post-grad kid, uh, was the highest pick for us last year in the draft league in the sixth round. Um, you know, he continues to get his feet on the ground in Washington's system. So definitely, I, I think, to your point, good players. Um, you know, the fact that we're over 100, uh, I think it's 150 now, uh, that, that uh, have signed affiliate contracts uh, in the last two years. I think 139 of those alums are, are still active uh, in Pro Bowl. Um, I think it's a testament to, you know, the, the continued quality of players just, you know, growing. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely good players in the league. And, and I, I hope that, you know, we can continue to push that needle. I know we had 39 picks and in 21, I think uh, we, we moved that needle to 47 last year. And, you know, ideally we get in the 50s, 60s, uh, you know, come come this uh, 2023 draft. Sure. Matt, anything else uh, you wanted to pepper Sean with? Yeah, the prospect game. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that too. To you wrap don't up. have to tell us the rosters, but who are you excited to no, see in this game? Man. Um, Where can they watch it? When is it on? Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's, it's July, so it's July five, uh, six thirty-five first pitch, uh, in in the uh, Trenton Thunder ballpark, I believe. dot com and and the the MLB Network are supposed to be covering it, um, so they'll, they'll be able to get a peek there. Um, 
for me, I, I, th I think this in and of itself could, could be a, a full podcast because there's, there's a lot of guys um, I'm, I'm excited to see um, and, and continue to see uh, just uh, so, so we, we obviously have six teams kind of divide and conquer. We wanted to, uh, ideally as, as best as we could to equally represent each team throughout the league. So we paired up uh, the Frederick Keys, State College Spikes, and the West Virginia Black Bears on, on the one roster. Uh, that'll be uh, Team Trembley. Uh, Dave Trembley is the manager for us in uh, State College. Uh, so he'll he'll be the head honcho there. Uh, Rene Rivera will serve as a hitting coach, and David Carpenter, uh, former big league pitcher, will be the, uh, the pitching coach on that team. Uh, their roster specifically, uh, Brady Traconwick for, for me, uh, is as, as a catcher, uh, having won the, uh, junior college triple crown, uh, you know, he, he continues to, to show, you know, good swings, good receiving skills, throwing skills, uh, excited to see him more, uh, Irvin Escobar is, a uh, a catcher that, that continues to, to receive well, uh, he's actually really swinging the back good, um. You know, high contact rate, uh, very good. You know, swinging the bat inside the strike zone, uh, not chasing a ton. Uh, Brennan Orf, um, yeah, Brent, Brennan Orf is a uh, first base outfield that that uh, has swung the bat well. Uh, you know, thus far uh, in in his time in the league, uh, Ariel Antigua is a, a high school kid that uh, missed a vast majority of his high school season, if not all of it, uh, due to a, a knee injury. Came to us. Um, I. I happened to be in Frederick uh, during his first VP. And, you know, Renee looked at me, he says, Hey man, low guy's got some pop. And uh, I, I think Ariel's continued to, to swing the bat. Well, uh, continue to defend. He's, he's a, uh, you know, bounce between shortstop, second base, um, you know, playing well defensively. Kendry Maduro is a junior college kid uh, originally from Aruba uh, has, has lit this league on fire um, leading in, I, I think batting average OPS uh, you know, has played some short, played some third base. Uh, he's swung the bat really good. Uh, excited to continue to see him. Uh, Cam Buford, AJ Schaefer, uh, Shaver, um, you know, excited to see those guys uh, continue to, to swing the bat well. Uh, RJ Johnson, you know, JC guy down in Florida. Uh, and then the arms on, on that team. Um, you're, you're talking like, you know, Jack Maruskin's a little bit on the older side, but a uh, guy that's been, you know, 94, 96 each time out, touching 97, uh, high whiff rates, um, good spin on the fastball. Uh, Slider's got a, a ton of chase. Um, you know, Jacob Odo's a, a junior college kid from down in, uh, in Southern California who's uh, been up to 99 uh, multiple times. Uh, you know, had talked to, to scouts that have seen him this year in the spring and you know, inconsistent strike thrower, but uh, has has done a, a much better job of, of, of putting the ball over the plate. Uh, Corey Vance, a, a guy that's got a good arm, you know, been up to 96 with us, uh, you know, over 2,700 spin on, on the fastball. Uh, Matthew Linsky, you know, good downhill angle, high whiff rate, uh, reliever out of Rice, Conry Peters, Chris Barraza. Gabe Starks, like there's, you know, Carlson Reed um, is is going to pitch in, in that prospect game. Um, had some great, you know, conversations with Carlson at the combine, and you know, he's he's uh, been thrown out of the bullpen at WVU primarily. Uh, we've put him in a starter role, um, and and I think that's where he mentally sees himself, right? Um, 
everybody talks about his fastball and the velocity of it. They talk about the slider has got, you know, 2,900, 3,000 spin on the slider, but he loves his changeup. And, um, you know, we, we've given him that opportunity to start to be able to throw that more consistently in game. Uh, and, and I think there's some people that have taken notice uh, on that. Uh, flipping to the other side, you've got the Mahoney Valley Scrappers team, uh, Trenton Thunder and uh, the Williamsport Crosscutters. Um, you know, again, just as much excitement for me on, on that side of the equation as well. Um, Ryan Ignofo is a, a, you know, older uh, guy that, that has played middle infield. He's actually pitched some for us. Uh, he's played first base. He's, he's got a lot of versatility and he can bang. Um, he has swung the bat really, really well. Um, highest contact percentage in, in the league. Um, so I'm excited to see him. Colton Coates is, is a high school hitter, uh, switch hitter, uh, shortstop from, from down in Mississippi. He swung about really good. Um, he's hitting 360, I think, right now. Um, highest contact percentage for guys over 45 plate, plate appearances. Uh, limited chase rates with, with, with him. So I, I think he's done a really, really good job, and I think he's opened some eyes. Uh, Zaborowski has, has swung the bat well. Uh, again, low chase rate, uh, high octane coming off the bat. Uh, Joe Sullivan uh, has, has has been really hot <laughs> the last couple of games, specifically, uh, you know, 110 mile exit B lows and 112 and 420 foot home runs. Uh, I'd love Joe watching him run around the bases, you know, athletic kid, uh, good swing. Uh, Sean Smith's a guy that impacts the, the, the ball really well. Uh, Stanley Tucker, you know, Texas A&M, uh, he's played center for us. He's played shortstop for us. Uh, versatility, athleticism, he's he's done a good job. Uh, I think he's second in the league in stolen bases right now. You know, sprays the ball to all fields. If you look at his spray chart, he's probably 30 35% uh, in every direction. Um, and, again, for me, they, these guys, like, arm-wise, uh, are, are, it, it, it's going to be a tough night, I think, for hitters. But uh, – you know, Andrew Lucas, I mean, shoots nearly 70% whiff rate on, on, on his slider. Uh, each time he throws it, um, Alec Rodriguez out of, uh, you know, the Trenton ball club, high spin fastball, um, you know, good velocity. Uh, Donnie Evans, uh, you know, came, came to us after UNC Charlotte's run. He's throwing a ball good, uh, peaking at 96. Uh, Jank Diaz is, is a is a high school kid that unfortunately couldn't pitch for his high school in, in Pennsylvania. Is originally from the uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, he's been, you know, one of the more popular names uh, in, in the league this year. 94, 90, 97, um, high spin slider. Uh, Titan Hayes, a high octane bullpen arm out of out of San Jack. Uh, it's been up to ninety eight this year. I think he's probably got one of the higher average uh, fastball velocities. Uh, Jack Winterger and, and Jack Crowder are both arms out of Illinois that uh, that have thrown the ball well. Um, and then uh, you got bringing up the rear is is uh, the big lefty from uh, from UK and uh, in, in Kentucky and in, in Coto. Um, so excited to to see him. Um, you know if uh, if we can ever get get a game off in Mahoning Valley with with rain and a Canadian wildfires. Uh, Mag's going to be taking the ball in a uh, in a starting role for us uh, here in the next day or two. Uh, but excited to to see him throw. Uh, you know, he was a guy up to ninety seven at the combines. Big body lefty that 
Yep. Uh, it's got a pr pretty sound delivery. Started the Cape League All-Star game last year, I believe. Indeed. So uh, ex excited to see him as well. Yeah, he was really good last year out here on the Cape. So, uh, And there's a lot of these guys that you mentioned, you know, guys that were were on the Cape last year and then, you know, are in the draft league this year to get yep. a little more exposure. And, you know, some of that depends upon how their season shook out. Yep. Uh, Matt, any other questions you wanted to throw Sean's way or do you want to you want to wrap it up here? Tell yeah, people I mean, to go we watch can wrap this thing up uh, before we th we throw Sean out the window. Uh, <laughs> nah, that that game sounds like it's going to be really interesting. Uh, yeah. it sounds like you guys have had a lot of velocity in the league this year. Uh, so if some of those guys can figure out how to throw it over the plate. I think there's a lot of really interesting players there. And then I think on the position player side, it's been a lot of uh, really interesting tools, athleticism. Uh, the whole nine. I want you to take off your MLB draft league hat for a second, put back on your scout hat from the time you spent uh, affiliated. And uh, I know you like every player in that league like a child. All right. But you can take one pitcher with you and you can take one hitter with you uh, from Oof. your former professional opinion. What do you got? Oh, man. I, I don't I don't know that I could take just one. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> right I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking it, even guys that, that that aren't in that prospect game because you know they they maybe came to us early and and left or didn't come back after the combine. But you know Isaiah Drake, I I think did a great job. I love Salty's you know just makeup tools. Uh, Zach Thornton threw the ball well in in, in his couple starts. Just command polish. Uh, you know, college lefty, uh, Jack Moss. Uh, I, I don't think he swung and missed one time when, when he was with us in the league. Uh, you know, very rarely do you pull up track man data and look at, at contact percentages. And, you know, this guy's floating out 100% contact rate. Um, you know, we touched on Ethan Mendoza, played great. Uh, Ryan Burchard, you know, shout out to, to, to Niagara County. Um, man, that guy came to us and, and through the, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep this PG. He threw the ball really well. Um, I mean, it was 95, 98, banger, true curveball, uh, you know, 80, 82 mile an hour curveball with 3,000 spin on it. Uh, Parker Burgess threw, threw the ball well. Canadian post-grad kid, Jeremy Lee threw the ball well. Kale Lansville, Gant Starling. Those are guys that, 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 you know, had been with us throughout the year that, that aren't going to be in the prospect game. But, um I don't think I can take just one. Um, there, there are too many interesting arms and there are too, too many interesting bats. And, and I just, you know, again, when, when you're talking about assembling a, a buffet line, I, I just hope that the pro community, you know, can, can fill up their plate ultimately. <laughs> Listen, the storm's coming. The arc has been built. I asked you to take two. You didn't answer the call. They're all going to no. drown. <laughs> no. No, they're, they're they're all gonna swim. Um, there we they're go. All gonna, right. They're all gonna be just fine. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you, you know me, man. I, I, I treat each and every one of these kids like like my own uh, little guy, and uh, you know, I, I, I care a lot about them. I want to see what's best for these guys, and and I just hope that they get the opportunity to continue their career and um, you know, continue their their developmental pathways. So, um. You know, hopefully the, the the time that they spend with us is has been good. It's been informative and um, educational. And I know, you know, 
these guys night in, night out, the coaching staffs are, are trying to pass, pass along as much wisdom as, as they possibly can. So, but you, you do highlight one thing, Maddie. Um, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I think I looked the other night and there were like 53, 54 guys that had peaked at 94 or, or beyond uh, in terms of pitching velocity. So uh, there has been a, a lot of velocity in this, in, in this league this year, uh, which, which I think is good to, you know, challenge the hitters and, you know, Salty was, was telling me at the combine, like best fastball he saw in Hilo was probably 89, 90. And, you know, he's facing 92, 95 every night, um, you know, starting roles, bullpen roles, it challenged him. And, and I think that was, that was good for, for his development personally. Uh, but I was also, I, I also think it was really good for the scouting community to see him be able to handle velocity, you know, well, I do think that our audience probably falls under uh, the baseball nut category uh, or demographic, but uh, I think we covered a whole lot on the MLB Draft League here. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is is that if you know six, seven, eight, nine more people now are aware of the league and what the league is, how it's structured, how it's grown, um, all of the exciting things around the league, you know, that's that can only do. Uh, Good things for the league. So, for sure. um, Jeff, do you got anything else? No. Um, agree. This was really insightful. I think it's something that I personally have some interest in and uh, something that needs to get more exposure talked about a lot more. I think that prospect game is really interesting, could bring some of these guys to the forefront. We've seen a lot of the talent come out of it. And uh, I want to commend Sean. You put him on the spot there, Matt, and like a good parent, he answered and didn't play any favorites. <laughs> as many names as he possibly could of players yeah. Yeah. Uh, to not to not play favorites or get anybody upset. So I commend yeah, but, you on in doing so. But 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 to, to that point, Jeff, you, you touched on it earlier, and I've had a lot of conversations since you know we we've began kind of formalizing this prospect game roster. Like there's there's guys look that that when you talk about taking in MOB's uh you know thoughts and opinions, the scouting community and you know, everybody else involved with this league, um, there's going to be guys that, that don't play in that game that are going to get drafted. There's going to be guys that get an affiliate opportunity that don't play in that sure. uh, game. And and I'm sure there's probably going to be a minor league all-star, a big leaguer that didn't get picked, you know? Um, so it's the nature of the beast. I don't think anyone's uh, on the selection identification uh, trend line has, has ever batted a thousand. So, no doubt. Absolutely not. But Sean, thank you as always. He is the ex executive director of the MLB Draft League for Matt, for myself. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you again next week. Appreciate it.